0: Hey everyone, I believe that gratitude has been such an instrumental part of making my own recovery and life better that I wanna create something called the gratitude zone. And what this is is I would love for you, the listener, to send me a two to three minute audio clip letting me know who you are, what it is you do, what you're grateful for, and why. And then we're going to be posting it on future episodes of The Road Beyond Recovery. Feel free to send that to Tamar at theroadforward.ca, and there will be more information in the show notes. recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the road beyond recovery podcast. And my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves Live up to their true potential and answer the question, What lies beyond recovery for you? Welcome back to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. My name is Tamar, your host. Thanks a bunch for joining me today. And don't forget to send what you're grateful for and why over to tamar at the roadforward.ca. And you could be on a future episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Now, Today, I am incredibly grateful that in early recovery, I learned to reach out when I wasn't okay. If something had, you know, triggered an emotion within me and I felt that need to react and I wasn't sure how to process it because there was too much emotion involved, I recently reached out to a friend of mine, sat down and I got to let out my emotions, right? I got to have a good cry and share what um, what I was experiencing. And the cool part is that, you know, when you learn that it's okay to reach out to someone and it can actually help them because, hey, what if they're stuck in their head that day and you reach out to them asking for some help and now they're focused on helping you that can actually help somebody in return. Anyway, I let out what I need to, I got some really amazing feedback. I got the unemotional view Um, and, and just some, you know, plans of action that I can move forward, some solutions. And I think that's the most important thing about that is reaching out to people who can help get you through what you're dealing with, and then who can also share some solutions or at least brainstorm some solutions rather than continuing to focus on the problem and make things worse. So today I appreciate that when I'm not okay, I feel okay to reach out to somebody that I trust. Today's guest is my friend, Angela Talent. As a mother of two, we talk about her being diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome and what that is and how she lost some of the usage of her hands and how that actually inspired her to do what she does today. She started the podcast called Relatively Damaged, so you got to go check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes. And we also talk about, you know, that urge to give up when things get tough, especially from what she went through, but instead becoming more resilient, right? Strengthening um, and, and just inspiring her to do more and push through. And we also talk about listening to your heart and your gut and what it's telling you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. I am hanging out with my friend, Angela Talent today. How are you, Angela?
1: I'm fantastic. I would love getting to chat with you today.
0: I know. It's so great that you're on my show. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, you're the host of the Relatively Damaged podcast. You have an amazing story. I love what you do today. I was It was so great to be a guest. So uh, for those of my listeners that don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what you do today.
1: Well, I'm still Angela Talent. And I definitely have a podcast called Relatively Damaged, which actually was born out of, I have a neurological disorder that impacts my arms and legs. So I have, uh, I jokingly say that, you know, I'm like a T-Rex in that, you know, my arms don't work very, they're pretty much useless and uh, somebody pointed out that they're, they're like, well, I bet you roar. And I said, yeah, I roar too. So, um, but yeah, no, I had a a challenging experience. I've got it when your hands don't work, there's a need. Well, when my hands don't work, I definitely need caregiver support. So um, I had a really bad experience with, with a company, which led me to realize that changes needed to be made. And, you know, I read over CMS guidelines and I'm just not an animal. I mean, although I identify as one, sometimes I'm really not. (laughs) (laughs) I am on one today, I tell (laughs) you.
0: I think we can all identify as animals sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, um, you know, so bottom line is I, at the caregiving company said, basically we will bathe, dress, be, make your bed like so the basic, 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 uh, you know, it's not unlike it having, taking care of an animal. And, you know, when it came to my needs as a parent being met, my needs as a human being met, you know, they refused to help be my hands, except for these limited scenarios and i just it was the first time i'd ever really been well the first time by a company i had ever been treated not like a human not the first time of ever having a caregiver who thought i didn't need to be human and i would always kick those caregivers out because it wasn't an emotionally healthy environment for myself or the children. So,
0: um, yeah, so I decided that I needed to be a voice and here I am. Oh, and I love that you do that. So you have overcome a lot of adversity and I really, truly believe that, you know, we go through things and we can either do two, one of two things. We can either stay in our pity pot and decide that I'm just gonna, you know, drown my sorrows. And, you know, with a lot of um, people in addiction, they go farther down the tunnel, right? And, or we can decide, hey, I can actually utilize this and share my experience and hopefully it helps other people and it empowers other people. So, you know, you mentioned you're a mother of two and at the age of 35, you were diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome. Um, Can you kind of share what led up to that, kind of what happened and Um, I, I know you briefly kind of explained what it is, but kind of that part of your journey.
1: It's well, okay. I was sitting at my desk typing literally one second. I'm fine. The next second, uh, you know, there's a a sharp pain in my, in my hand. And I mean, I literally called out, oh, and the people around me noticed. And then, um, You know, I worked in pediatrics, so I went across the way. One of the doctors was like, here, let me try this. And it was an electrical sensation. I was like, oh, I don't like that. He said, yeah, maybe it's something neurological. So the good news is we kind of do going into it because of, of, I'm not sure that, um, well, I think because I worked in the medical field and I was able to communicate what was happening that, we had an idea we sure did hope it was not that um you know it would have been nice if if it were carpal tunnel or something like that but it was not my hand would blow up to a club hand this is at this point just my left hand and then go back down it was fascinating to watch i will i mean i remember saying look at this is amazing I can't believe my nervous system is doing this what's going on like I didn't know what was going on and I thought it would be over soon right I just thought okay my body's doing weird stuff and it'll be fine right (laughs) well (laughs) that was not God's plan um so I was working it took a few weeks before I started having problems with my right hand of course I was working single-handedly and I was the top person in the call center at that point in time still even with one hand so I really had a good work ethic and I, I I think just working in pediatrics I love the parents and I love the kids because man they were all amazing just wanting to do their best and struggling through it and you know I could just tell how much love from from both sides that there was in connection and i don't know for me that was that was particularly important for i felt purposeful uh so a couple months later i couldn't work full-time anymore and um the 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 company said well you can't perform 100 of your job duties so we'll see you later <laughs> i was devastated i'm laughing about it now because I'd probably, you know, it's still, I think because it's still painful when I think about it mm-hmm. and I, I see where that also impacted my, um, so word I'm looking for self-esteem. My, uh, because all of a sudden I felt more alone on my journey, you know, whereas when I went to work, there were people around and I I really felt valued. And when, when I, so I no longer felt valued, at at least from the work perspective. Um, then, you know, by June, my mom had decided to move away. I had been the one who was supposed to care for her. So that was really, it was really difficult and painful. And I think she had to move. I, I think for, you know, I think for a couple of reasons. I think my sister needed her. And I also think that it was too hard to really handle and cope with what it meant that the daughter who was going to take care of her was physically not capable of it anymore. And that's painful on both sides. So, um, yeah. So I, so I got an apartment. I had my, you know, it, it, I still didn't have caregivers at that point. And it, within a few months of being on my own, it was very clear A few months or less. It was very clear. I absolutely needed caregivers. I needed help. So in some ways it was, it was help. It was good that, that mom moved because I don't know that I would have recognized how much help I needed had she not moved and how this disability was impacting me, you know? And so then comes a whole nother slew of issues. Cause I've got kids and I've got caregivers <laughs> and there's a really clear line with children and caregivers. I had to draw a very clear line because it would have been really easy to just turn unknowingly, turn over my parenting duties to a caregiver and I refused to do that. So one of the things that I set up was the children, absolutely, if they needed help with something, they had to come to me first. And then I got, then I needed to at least be near or engaged in what was happening in the home. And I think that that's probably one of the fears of maybe the government, maybe society in, you know, people with disabilities needing caregivers who who also have children because even the company that, that I had issues with, they wanted to charge me for the care of the children. And there was a very, but it wasn't the care of the children. I just needed help completing my tasks. So I wasn't turning it over. And I think that's where it's like, how do you set up those boundaries and guidelines for caregivers and for parents? And then how do you manage that? that would be, those are some, I think, really valid questions that need to be addressed.
0: Absolutely. And you did have um, problems with some of the caregivers along the way, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> oh, that, you know, <laughs> you and I talked about it a little bit before the interview and, and when we spoke the first time, but I mean, it is difficult, right? It, it, it wasn't an easy process for you to go through those initial stages.
1: No. And, you know, when you find a good caregiver, keep them It's so important to, to really advocate for yourself or your loved ones, if they can't advocate for themselves to have a caregiver that fits with the family that you can trust and respect because you're really entrusting them with a person, which a person is just priceless. Um, You know, I'm trusting that when they're in the home, they're going to be respectful and honor my relationship with the kids and that they're you know, that, that they're going to be, they actually, at the end of the day, really kind of become part of the family, even though they always tell caregivers, don't get attached. Don't, it's impossible. It is absolutely impossible to not fall in love with your caregivers, like in the sense that they become part of your family Mm -hmm. when they're, when they are called to do so because there's such a, I mean, you can tell, I can tell when they come from their heart, it is very different than when they're coming from their head or when they're just doing it as a job. There are some people who are called to this and there are some people who are not. Please don't do it if you're not. It is not a short-term fix for money and it will be extremely painful if you really don't care about people. You know, it's just, it's just tough. Um, yeah, so I've, I've kicked people out. I've had things stolen. I had somebody take a key off a key ring and I noticed, so then she, I changed the locks and the next day the key showed up. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, you know, you just, and I would say trust that feeling inside of you, you know, you know, you know, and if there's any question. It's okay to say, this isn't going to work. Will the companies sometimes get frustrated? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've pissed off a few companies. (laughs) (laughs) I also know that even in elderly case in, in the elderly age range with, with caregivers, when there is a bad fit in it with caregivers, that lifespan is shortened emotional stress does a doozy to to every single person in this world so peace and comfort at home is really i think my home you know my home is a temple to me right i want to and i want to keep it i want to keep that peace so inviting people in i've got to be careful about that if i want peace
0: Absolutely. Now, a word that keeps coming up um, for me lately, and I think about, you know, as you share your story is resilience, because I think that, you know, we do need that resilience. We need, we need to build that up because, you know, life isn't this beautiful straight line. It's very up and down. There's really great days and there's some really not great days. So were there any, like, were there times during this period that you just wanted to give up or have you always just had this determination? Like, no, I'm not going to let this beat me
1: there. That's, that's a really great question. Thanks for asking that. There were plenty of times where I wanted to give up. There were plenty of times where, oh, one more caregiver or one more medication or one more this, I, I mean, and I think what. I really learned was to listen to what my heart or my gut was telling me, because, you know, like with the caregivers, I would, the ones I was like, eh, I'd give them, you know, I wasn't sure. So, you know, then I had to try it out. Um, And I didn't trust my, there were times I didn't trust myself to make those decisions. And then like, even with medications though, There were times where, you know, uh, the doctors had changed me over to this one medication that's actually used for addicts and, and alcoholics and things like that. And chronic pain, a lot of times there's a cross, those doctors work in both fields because of the medications. And... I'll never forget. I was having reactions to this medicine and I knew it was the medicine. And I told the doctor, I was like, you know, I think it's this medicine. I'm having this issue. I don't. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. It's just a side effect. It'll wear off. I'm like, no, you know, I think something is just not right. There was no way I should have been able to figure it out. Right. I was, um, light sensitive. I, I was having trouble riding in cars. I was dizzy. Like I was, I was, I was hearing music, (laughs) it was, it was classical music. So at least it was peaceful. (laughs) (laughs) And And I told the doctor and he's like, yeah, 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 no, you know, it's, it's fine. So eventually I, you know, I went along with it for like another month or so. And I said to the doctors, like, look. I'm I'm cutting this in half. I don't. I think it's. Well, no. I think I may have done it and then said something because I, I I was not feeling heard and I knew it was a medication that would be that we could you know half the dose on. And sure enough, I I the symptoms started to go away, and I will never forget walking into that doctor's office, and him looking at me and saying, "Oh my gosh." what if these addicts had been telling me the truth and I didn't listen and here you are telling me what's happening and he was so amazed and surprised and just felt terrible and I think that that's a that's a not shameful but like oh maybe I made a mistake and I can do better and he he was one of those doctors that really just wanted to do better all the time just a really neat guy and so I think uh, after that, his practice, I'm sure changed a little bit because I was willing to say, absolutely not. No, I can't, I'm, I won't, this is not living. So yeah. And along the way, gosh, you had asked about along the way, the pain and suffering. Yeah. Hard chronic pain already. There's, uh, I mean, studies show it's so much easier to go to the negative with chronic pain because it's, it's like, already, I'm already teetering on that edge. So, I have to recognize when I get pushed over, and then, the good news for me is I know what's happening. So I know that what's going, so even though those thoughts are there, those negative thoughts, those unhelpful thoughts, those yucky thoughts, whatever you want to call those darn thoughts that nobody really enjoys having, and yet they exist, I think that helped me, because I knew, okay, this is literally what's happening inside of me, okay, that. That thought is just a thought and I don't have to trust it right now. Is it there? Yes. Do I have to believe in it? No. So I had to make the choice. I'm not 100% on it. And
0: I still continue
1: to work on that till this day.
0: (laughs) I think that will be a lifelong thing. I just actually um, was talking to a previous guest about emotional intelligence and how you know, when we suppress our emotions, we're actually doing more harm than good because we're taking things that are in our conscious mind that we need to deal with and we're stuffing it down, you know, so that the kind of like, you know, suck it up buttercup, all that it's so damaging to us. Whereas if we can just recognize and go, okay, I don't feel good right now. Like what is causing this emotion and actually dealing with it and not just shrugging it off to try and be strong. Um, because we all go through struggles, right? And like you said, if it's our thinking, it can lead those emotions and those feelings can lead to that thinking like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't do this, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard it from people in recovery. And then they relapse because they're like, what am I doing this for? Maybe I'm not worth it. Maybe I'm not valuable. And I believe that we're all here for a reason and much like yourself to share your story. So you know when did you realize that you could actually turn this into something really positive
1: as far as the um sharing my story
0: absolutely really
1: uh gosh probably only well i only got the guts in the last uh what it's june so six months <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i jokingly would say i'm jumping off cliffs <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah and that's i but i have to tell you when coming up with the the damaged parents website and the relatively damaged podcast cause, because it's all for me it's it's fun and the caregivers get to help me edit and things like that because my hands clearly still don't work you know it would be great if they did but let's see hold on now i lost my train of thought so <laughs> But going, coming up with that was—I remember sitting at the table, and I do scripture study and things like that. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table and thinking, "Oh, am I supposed to do this?" And I'm, and I'm diligently like—I I, kind of ask the question, put it in the back burner, and just go, "Okay, well, I'm going to do my scripture study now, or whatever." <laughs> And i come across a scripture that's basically saying if you feel a desire you've been called of god and i went okay (laughs) fine (laughs) like literally that's how i felt i'm like this is really scary okay okay whatever you say i'm gonna go for it and i think that you know looking back now like the medication thing, that was listening to my heart, the caregiver things, those were listening to my heart, doing this, listening to my heart, hmm, maybe there's something that's working that I that I could do better at and listen to my heart, you know, in, in how, how, yeah, so accessing that, so knowing that I was, uh, someone came, came into my life, his name's Sadhu, and he brought like this quantum leap meditation. And all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, that's what it's like to listen to my heart. Now I can take those icky thoughts and, and feelings, and I can go to my heart and marinate those in love and then see what I want to do. And I'm like, huh, you know, because that's been like a, a thing throughout my journey is this love. One of my friends, a trusted mentor that I love, and she would say she's not, but she's totally a mentor, okay? Like, I don't, she's my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she in any challenge that I ever had, where I had to figure out how to communicate or I'm trying to deal with something, well, how, how can you do that and come from love? And then I'd, I'd give her a copy of whatever thing we were working on and, and she'd go, well, I don't know, is that really loving, you know? <laughs> like." <laughs> so, you know, I think that it's it's how do I love me and how do I love others? And how do I keep, keep doing that even when I'm frustrated or I'm angry or my needs aren't being met, you know? And
0: yeah. Wow. So with the podcast, um, what inspired that? Like, how has it been, you know, talking to other people and sharing their stories? How has that impacted your own life?
1: Oh, wow. That's a great question too. It's, Again, I believe that everyone that comes on this podcast, okay, so I made myself or one of the things I started with early on is no one's struggle is going to be too small for me to talk to them about. And I am so glad that I went in with that belief because I've, there's one, there was at least one struggle where I was like, eh. I don't know is that really a struggle right like and i i met this lady and i'm interviewing her and i'm like i never would have thought i think it was over excitability or something like that and i was like okay yeah so what has become astoundingly clear to me is that my thought coming into this is 100% of us have experienced some sort of trauma, whether it's in our family of origin, at school, in in our social life that, because trauma is not physically, right? Even if it's what we think is going to be a little injury that turns into loss of ability, you know, like the, the, trauma is not in what happens necessarily or how i view what happened to someone else it's absolutely in their experience and how they perceive what happened to them and you and i have no control over joe and his ex- and how he experiences what we how we behave or what we say because that all happens inside of him. So I don't get to say, "Oh no, that's not fuck up, you know, suck it up, Buttercup. Like you were saying earlier, I don't i I could that would be suit that would continue the hurt and the pain and the suffering. And that's just not who I am. Like that pain and suffering is is real and valid, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that came up for me on one of the questions that I want to make sure to just get in there because I don't want to, I don't want to forget is, uh, you know, when those negative thoughts come up, we were talking about negative thoughts Mm -hmm. earlier. One of the books that I love is Captain Snout by Daniel Amen, Dr. Daniel Amen. It is a kid's book. And one of it's got basically two questions in it. Are you sure it's true? Are you 100% sure that it's true or something like that? And if that can help little kids and it's already helped me and I'm 45. So, (laughs) you know, like, because those thoughts still creep in and then I have to go well is it is it true am I 100% sure that that's true and then I can look for things outside of validating my fear because what I've noticed is that when I'm looking at something for something I will find it I absolutely will find it every single time and my sister and I were talking about this about like our Facebook pages like every once in a while I'll see a friend say or I'll hear someone say you know like social media sucks it's the worst I'm like I don't know what you're talking about that's not what's on my page well I don't go looking for that stuff because it it causes me pain and suffering and I quite frankly don't want to experience pain and suffering
0: (laughs) I agree with you (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, you, um, the Facebook algorithms are actually genius if you use them in the right way. Like I don't see any negative stuff anymore on any of my Facebook or social media feeds because they know this is what she likes. This is what she clicks on. This is what she engages with. And I actually love it Because most of the time I don't see any of the complaining, any of the venting, any of the negative stuff because Facebook knows. So I guess really there's a valuable lesson there. Just what you said about what you focus on, right? And what you think about becomes, well, it's really the same thing on social media, right? What you focus on, what you give your attention, that's what you're going to see more. I just, that just popped into my head. And it's so, it's so similar with how life really is, is when we wake up in the morning and we look outside and we're like, ah, oh, it's another crappy rainy day. That's probably how our day is going to go. Or if it's like, okay, well, it's raining today. That's okay. It's, you know, the grass is going to be greener and, you know, always trying to look at things a little bit different, but it's amazing how powerful our thoughts are. Because I know when I was in recovery for so long, I just thought, okay, I should just be grateful that I'm clean and sober. I have a job, you know, I have my life back together, but I felt like something was really missing. And I just thought, I I don't think I went through 22 years of addiction, you know, education. I kind of have a doctor's and addiction. To... More than that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've have like, what are they, six, eight years? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Right? I actually, that's, that's life. Like, that was, you know, God's way of going, okay, let's go through this. You're going to go a little longer than the rest of them, maybe. Um, because I like to touch the stove a few times. And, you know, then I realize it's actually hot. But I feel like that was a gift now. So I've been able to bring awareness to, you know, recovery, to addiction, to mental health. And I know that you really want to affect policy, you know, for changes for those who are disabled.
1: Yeah. And give them strength to say it's okay to say no. Yes. It is absolutely okay to stand up for what you believe is right or for what's right for your experience because it's your life
0: advocate for it yes absolutely so what does life look like for you today and what keeps you inspired and motivated because i know motivation obviously comes from an internal source but what keeps you inspired today
1: that i really believe i'm making a difference that i mean i i see people listen to the podcast But really the funny, my, my guests inspire me, (laughs) they really do. (laughs) I learn something new every day, or I'm reminded of something that I could be doing better. And that just is really beautiful to me that, that I get to, because, you know, I, I am, Pretty much stuck at home, being that I have limited walking ability and my hands don't work and things like that. And so it's a huge social outlet for me, you know. Uh, so the inspiration, actually, I think it it just comes first full circle from uh, from you to me and me to you and then out into the universe and. Cause I think we're, we're spreading love and acceptance and yes, that's painful. And yes, you are lovely. You are lovable. And yes, that's painful, not lovable anyway. Cause somebody pointed out like that would imply that they weren't lovable. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stop saying that.
0: <laughs> Everyone's lovable.
1: Yeah. No Always. matter, no matter what. Yeah. You know, and then I had one guy talk about, you know, what if we're all part of the same being? And I thought, hmm, that's a really interesting thought. So if we're all part of the same being and I'm injuring someone else, then I'm also injuring myself. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go with, that's a really, really deep thought for me. (laughs) I still think I'm processing
0: that one. (laughs) <laughs> hmm. I can see why. <laughs> but <laughs> right? but it, I think it's like, you know, having people to talk to, I know that since I've started podcasting, it's been incredible. I mean, I've talked to people from all over the world. And it's almost surreal sometimes where you just develop this connection with your guests, and they share their story. But I really want you know, people who are struggling out there to understand that there is a real power in sharing your story. And sometimes all it takes is being vulnerable and being vulnerable to the right people and them going, Hey, I've been through that. I understand what you mean. And all of a sudden there's this relief, like I'm not alone. And that takes courage, right? It takes courage to share what you're going through But you get that release, you get that peace, you get that serenity that you were talking about, you know, the peace when you, you learn all these techniques and you just share it with people. But there is like that fellowship. I think there's just such power in that.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to we're really more connected than we realize, you know, I just, and there's no way around that one. Yeah. I just, I, even, you know, heart has a study where they've been able to show that the electric, ma- the EMF waves, electric magnetic frequencies from the heart, they can, they can, uh, what's the word? They can detect them three feet from the body. So, so. just from the, so just think of this as depending on your mental state and your emotional state, and if you're versus if you're in your heart versus in your head, that is detected three feet away from you. So, um, and then I think they think there's an even more deep connection. So I think even in podcasting, when we're talking to these people and we're in that, if we're questioning and we're curious and we're engaged that there is this connection that transcends the time and space and you know i know that sounds fantastical and yet i still believe it's possible
0: (laughs) a hundred percent agree i think it's amazing i just i am so grateful to be a podcaster and to be able to have the ability to speak with people like yourself because i think you know, you're making such an impact, even, you know, just sharing your story and then sharing what happened to other people and making other people realize it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to go through all this stuff. And you can actually come out the other side and make such a difference. And if everybody would, you know, grab hold of that, just imagine what the world would look like. So Angela, if people want to learn more about you, they want to listen to the podcast, how can they get hold of you?
1: Well, they can go to damagedparents.com or just look up relatively damaged, but I've got one last little tidbit.
0: Absolutely. I want to share,
1: share it. (laughs) Okay. My friend, Fred Blum, which he's a doctor, but he doesn't want to. Anyway, he is just Fred. If you ask him, he told me, or he said, what happens if you say I am and just stop? you don't have to say your name. You don't have to say, I am courageous. I am connected. I'm fascinating. I am fun. I'm insightful. I'm fantastical. You don't have to say any, just I am and stop. Because what if in this moment right now, I am what you are, what we are is that's all we need to be.
0: Wow. That's powerful. Thank you for throwing that in there. I was like, I, I was saying, I'm like, I am, I just am. <laughs> it totally
1: changes your perspective, right? It
0: does. <laughs> so, and everyone who's listening, just stop right now and say, I am and see how you feel. It's, it's unreal. Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Awesome. And so make sure, um, I'll put all your uh, links in the show notes so people can get a hold of you. They can go check out the podcast, make sure you leave a rating and review. I think it's follow now, isn't it? Didn't Apple, I think they changed it to now you can actually follow people. You don't have to subscribe. So it's easy peasy. But uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate that you shared your story today.
1: Thanks for having me, Tamara. It's been a blast
0: well that wraps up another episode of the road beyond recovery podcast i hope you enjoyed that interview we have so many more amazing guests coming on the show in the near future and don't forget if you have not joined us at one of our collaboration zone zoom calls you'll want to do that you can go to the link at www.theroadforward.ca collaboration zone The link is in the show notes. So I hope to see you on the next call. Thanks for listening to another episode of the road beyond recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality when you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you? Anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.